Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves. Ashley Steves, it's been a minute. It has. You have had a full, like, Michelin star meal since the last time we talked on a podcast. I really did live, you guys. I really did live, and it was theatrical, and I spent actually a full three-minute... It was so theatrical. (laughs) I spent a full three-minute video of dessert presentation. perfect, yeah. And it was kind of crazy. The funniest ending. Just, like, (laughs) smash this to the ground. It was like it was like a, a freeze dried ice cream that had been. It looked like two cinder blocks, and then the chef smashed it with his fist, and then it went all over a canvas, and I ate off of it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so just saying, uh, I like to play living. with my food as well. So uh, I, I hate to start the show with some COVID news, but I'm going to start with some COVID news, and then we'll get into some That's good fine. news. How does that sound? I'm here for it. Okay, cool. So, did you know that there's still a New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio? Not in my book. Not in my book, baby. (laughs) Well, he has issued a new vaccine mandate beginning December 14th for children's age uh, 5 through 11. They must have received one dose of the vaccine in order to attend an indoor performance. So, the current policy on Broadway allows kids under 12, because of, you know, previous vaccine availability, right, to provide a a negative COVID-19 test or show proof of receiving one dose of the vaccine at least 14 days before the performance. Discerning December 14th, they're saying, uh, you better have had one shot, babe. Good. Good. Uh, <laughs> Which is know, good. Yeah. My only concern is because parents might have bought, you know, tickets, tickets already. In advance and they haven't yeah. done it. Well, this is, so it's, they've have to, had to have received one dose. Does that mean right. they could have gotten the vaccine like the day before or does there have to be some level of waiting period? Or I think they just want what? that one little signature that's, on the card. That's what I feel like is probably the case. So they could, yeah. you know, go the day of to their doctor and get the vaccine and then but go to the theater. Different states have different, like, can you, if you live in one state, can you get it in another or whatever it is? You know what I mean? Like, I just sure. want to make sure that people have the accessibility to, to get Definitely. it down if they're going to see Aladdin or something. I don't want them to be like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah, to be completely blindsided by it. And a hundred percent a concern. And I feel like that's something that (laughs) I feel like that's something Broadway needs to do better as far as like their outreach and marketing, because it is very much just like, we're back, come see a show. And then like, you know, I walked by or really just, you know, cried at for a good 30 minutes in front of the Stephen Sondheim theater like last week. I've Um, never been there. I've never been to that theater. I know you're going this week, but I'm going this week. Um, there's a, was a lovely tribute behind a barricade, probably still there that I wept in front of for a very long time (laughs) after Robbie Rizal's Birdland show, actually. Um, so, but when I was there, like they've got all these signs on the doors everywhere about like kids, if you're coming to see the show, blah, blah, blah. And it was like what you had already said, like the current policy that you had to be, or if you were under 12, you had to provide a negative COVID test. Um, And that's all over the doors and you get it like really in your confirmation email, but there hasn't been like, um, I haven't really seen like a, like a marketing push in any way of like, not at all. We've had like that subway campaign of like the shirt, the only sure way to get to Broadway is to take the MTA, which the MTA is the number one 
cause of me missing a Broadway show, but I digress. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I would like to see that kind of level of advertising as far as like, if you're going to Broadway, make sure you know X, Y, and Z ahead of time. Yeah, kind of like, you know, the in-flight um, video. Exactly, right? exactly. Telling us where the exits are. Can yeah. we make that? Wouldn't that be so funny if it was like an homage to all these like old Delta videos? That would videos? be great. That would be amazing. And like, I, you know, I <laughs> see, there you go. They're iron. Um, I mean, the closest thing we have to that is like the pre-show announcements, which nobody listens to anyway, but you mm-hmm. already have to get in the theater for that to be the case. Just like you have to be on the plane to be able to see that. But people usually know from decades of flight <laughs> rules, like right. what they should and shouldn't be prepared for ahead of time. We don't mm-hmm. really have that for Broadway COVID stuff right now because you get it in like a fine print email. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, all theaters are, are different, even though, like, this is a New York City mandate. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm just hopeful that it doesn't put anyone out because the, the thing that we want is for butts and seats Definitely. and for everyone to have a wonderful experience, especially the fact that they're able to provide to our theatrical economy is huge. So I want to make sure that exactly. they have a good time and that everyone's safe because very, so very. Yeah, and very pro this mandate in general. Like, yeah. I, it's a rare occurrence where Bill de Blasio does something that doesn't make me <laughs> want to scream into the wind. So I'm happy to see this. We we love to see it, as they say. Yes, they say. So uh, next in some, this is when we get into the cool stuff. So a new play penned by Ruben Santiago Hudson, who you and I absolutely adore, True. and Charles Randolph Wright will pull from the life of legendary actor Sidney Poitier. So based on his autobiography, The Measure of a Man, which is also coincidentally the debut album by Clay and I pulled guess. it from yeah yeah I mean that's where I mean that's, who else gets inspiration from Clay and me Sydney Poitier yeah exactly uh, <laughs> the play will tell the story of Poitier's uh, childhood on Cat Island in the Bahamas to stardom the play is being mounted with the full support of the Poitier family which is which they were the ones who actually selected Randolph Wright and Santiago Hudson to write and direct the production so that to me is just an absolute seal of approval yeah. right. I was going to say, they <laughs> seem to be on board. Right. And the uh, the cast, the crew, dates, all that's to be determined. But I swear to God, this better start Joshua Henry. Tell me there's not a oh, better actor yes, please. in that perfect age range to play like this man's full life. I mean, just... The presence alone, like I, I was, I was going to ask you, like, do you have a dream cast of this? But I think we should just go with mine. I think that's, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm very happy to go with Joshua Henry because I think Joshua Henry should be in pretty much anything ever at this point. Um, yeah, we're, we're going with yours. I call the casting office now. Call Telsey. Bernie, excuse me. I know you're <laughs> busy. There's a lot of MCC programming. I'm curious. Can you tell me who's doing this? Anyways, um, in some uh, interesting news, uh, MJ the Musical began this week. And mm-hmm. the question remains, what story are they telling? This is something that you and I have talked about on the show. We've talked about it with Matt. I mean, we've all been talking about this since 2018 when they announced the show, right? According to a New York Times article, the musical for which Jackson's estate is one of the lead producers is set in 1992, the year before the singer was first publicly accused of abuse. So this alludes to the fact that um, the impending questions would not be answered in the retelling of Jackson's story for the stage. The duration of the story is it takes place over the course of like two days while Michael Jackson is in the studio preparing for the dangerous tour, um, which is Kind of smart, you know, to keep it within like a, a little, a short time period. 
Very. Because I know that I, I originally heard that like it was supposed to be like kind of like a share show type of thing with little Mike, mm-hmm. little Mike, adult Mike. But I, I think they're still doing that. They're, like there seems to be three actors still playing Michael Jackson. Uh, but the show will have previews from now until February 1st, uh, having the opening night in the spring so that the creative team can continue to make changes. The only thing they can't change, however, is Jackson's dark legacy. True. Very true. So Matt and I talked about this on the show last night, I guess. I've lost track of time entirely (laughs) because I work every day of my life. Um, but yeah, this is, I, I, I thought that I had put that in the back of my brain somewhere that this was just going to be like two or three days and like in during like preparing for a tour. So, and Matt had said like they were going to try and address the legacy in some way, which seems unlikely because his estate is behind it. uh, And there's no way to cleanly do that without kind of being like, oh, yeah, you know, if I did it. Um, Well, in this in this Times article, they reference two spoken lines where they kind of allude to something. Like at one point, an assistant says, like, why is why do we have to invite this family to come along? Mm, And then there's another part where (laughs) someone says there's a news reporter and they say, can you speak to the allegations about and then they get cut off. Uh, of course. And I'm yeah. like, oh, woo, woo, you they're can't really see me. Like, they're really like, suddenly I can't read. I see how it is. Literally uh, that. I'm adjusting yeah. my imaginary glasses yeah, uh, as we're recording this. Just like, ah, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I don't know her. <laughs> can uh, you repeat that? This is, I, I, I don't know why we're doing this. And <laughs> yeah, I just don't know why we're doing this. It's really frustrating when you have someone as brilliant as Lynn Nottage doing this too. Cause it's like, I can't write it off as like, sure. I guess this is just like another Broadway decision trademark. Um, but this is someone who's an exceptional writer deciding to do this in, it, it would be different if this was like, you know, we've closed all the allegations and like, obviously a, a lot of former lawsuits have been closed and bought in some way. Um, but this is always still the debate of like what actually happened and we're going to be having that conversation forever. And it's like, I don't know why we need to tell the story in any form but as is while like so blatantly disregarding what's happening the fact that his estate is behind it means that you can't really tell the truth about it it's 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 such an because odd decision that's, that's their truth you know what i mean right if exactly hear from them they're like well this is our this, this is, is what, what this we know is what this happened is, yeah right. and it's like that's not how anything works and i don't know why we've given the okay to let that happen as they say in in a court of law a big yikes <laughs> so let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor for this week upstart so if you're carrying a credit card balance month after month you are a normal person and it sucks so it can feel like you're in this never-ending cycle of debt with no end in sight but upstart can help you make that final payment so that you can get ahead whether it is paying off credit cards consolidating high interest debt or funding personal expenses over a million people have used upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date 
Rather than looking at your made-up credit score alone, Upstart considers other factors like your income, your current employment, and your credit history. They find a smarter rate for your loan, and you can check your rate without impacting your credit score in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive your funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. And you've got the holiday season coming up, so I mean, if you need the money... You can get it before you have to do all that shopping. Boom ta! So find out how <laughs> Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com/broadway. That's u p s t a r t dot com/broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Once more, go to upstart.com/broadway. So, in some exciting casting news,、yes. Brittany Johnson will become the first Black actress full time to assume the role of Glinda in any Wicked company when she takes over beginning February fourteenth. Happy Valentine's Day, bitches!、Uh, Johnson is currently the Glinda standby, so a lot of people have seen her go on before. We stand,、yeah. um, big fan of hers.、Uh, she's also doing the Romeo Michelle reading. I hope that they keep、yeah. her on for that. Additionally, Jordan Barrow is going in as the first Black actor to play the role. Of Bach in North America, I mean,、Jeez. hello. So number one, I'm proud that they did this before the Wicked movie came out because they were like they're about to put us to shame with BIPOC representation. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, even though we've only got two people cast so far, and only one of them is a person of color, even though the entire internet seems to forget that. And that Ariana Grande is actually white.、Um, Florida is not a race, people. <laughs>uh, that's what you think.、Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, this is obviously so beyond overdue. But that doesn't mean that this isn't great news.、Uh, Brittany is an incredible performer,、mm-hmm. um, and we've had so few people of color and even fewer black people in any of the principal roles roles in general since. The musicals start a thousand years ago.、Mm-hmm. Obviously, there have been some, but it, yeah, like you said, the movie is going to come out, and hopefully, I mean, you've got you know Mr. Chu doing、mm. the directing, so theoretically, the Lord's work, the,、yeah. doing the Lord's work and the directing. So theoretically, we should have a very diverse cast, which will be exciting to see.、Um, And that means that Broadway needs to start catching up because if you have this movie come out, and I guess twenty twenty three, and it's like a, you know a beautiful diverse cast of actors, and then people want to go see it on Broadway if they haven't already seen it,、um, and you have the whitest cast imaginable, like that's gonna be a look for sure. Can I tell you what I saw over the weekend, and then、mm. we will I dive right back to the news. I promise.、Um, I saw on Twitter and also TikTok someone posted the six. Um, casting announcement for like、mm. a casting call, and it included the phrase "They are seeking out performers that represent the global majority," and that is the first time、oh. I've ever seen that on a casting notice. I've、Instead、never saying、that's、diversity or yeah, literally my beat, and I have never seen that. That's why I wanted to tell you because I was like,、that's、wait a cr- second, I really、Let's、like that.、This. Yeah. yeah, I really like that. That is great phrasing because I see some dumb phrasing all the time. Of like, the most common one I see is like, "We're seeking a diverse actor." I'm like, that doesn't mean anything because you can't have a single person be diverse. Like, think about the words that you're choosing here. That's the most、yeah. common thing I see in casting calls. It's like, say what you mean and、mm-hmm. say what you're actually looking for. 
which is really just to fill a quota, let's be honest. Well, I used to keep all of my um, like uh, self-tape submission requests and all that stuff that used to say like, oh, yeah. hoping for an ethnic uh, look. Of course. Or, or of course. something, and I would just be like... <laughs> I might still see, like, they're thankfully few and far between, but occasionally I still get the exotic in the character description. And I'm just like, I'm not writing this. Thanks for sending. Can we replace it? Because absolutely not. (laughs) Rip the dream. So it was announced uh, that Roundabout Studios held a private reading of Empire Records, the musical, uh, featuring Catherine Gallagher, Mm -hmm. Drew Galing, what's-her-name, Rebecca Naomi Jones, Lorna Courtney and a ton of other people, but the musical features original music and lyrics by Zoe Sarnak and a book by the film's original screenwriter, Carol Heinken, uh, that also did center stage. The cast was led by Obie award-winning director Trip Coleman, who you all love from Choir Boy. I do indeed. I, the idea that Drew Galing is doing possibly, because let's face it, guys, reading cast changed. We need to mm-hmm. understand that this is very subject to change. Um, but Drew Galing doing Empire Records and Almost Famous musical adaptations is fucking canon to me. I love and it. I love it. So, <laughs> so good. yeah. Do you love this movie? I feel like you might love this movie. I do, but it's been a bit. And now I feel like I want to revisit it and do it back to back with Almost Famous. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just so silly. And like the teenage like music industry movie genre is just really (laughs) funny to me. That thing you do needs to be one of them as well. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) You know, so. We should be in charge of casting and curating movie theaters. The global majority. It's true. So in another industry reading that Ashley and I did not cast for, uh, they posted about Foul Play, a new musical comedy. So this is a new show. Hello. Um, Alongside previously announced Drag Race superstar Rosé, the cast features Michael James Scott, Tony Award nominee Brenda Braxton, Nick James, J.J. Neiman, who you all know and love from the TikTok, and so much more with direction by Pinocchio himself, John Tartaglia. I mean... (laughs) Most famous role. His most famous role, Pinocchio from Shrek. Uh, The book is by (laughs) Yanni Weiss, and book, lyrics, and music by Billy Ricci, who did the Little Black Book concept album, which is available Mm -hmm. at BroadwayRecords.com. Oh, wow. Plug. The (laughs) foul play uh, will be held on Thursday, December 16th for an industry reading. Very cool. I love to see it. I'm, yeah, I'm very yeah. curious about the rest of it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then there's even there's even more industry reading talk about another new musical. Borderline will get a new industry reading later this week under the direction of Sarna Lapine. Musical supervision by David Gardos and choreography by Joanne M. Hunter. The reading stars Lincoln Klaus, Brandon Contreras, Michaela Diamond, Marissa Rosen, and friend of the pod, Marisha Wallace. If you remember, mm-hmm. I got to talk with her um, on, a, I think, a Patreon exclusive episode, which was a great interview about her upcoming tour. So the new musical, Borderline, is a dramedy because I, I had to read you guys the synopsis. Um, So it features Anna in her mid-twenties as Anna becomes more destructive and self-destructive. She finds herself on a downward spiral, lands in jail. Her father comes to bail her out. She has no choice but to move back in with him as she attempts to get her life together. She goes to a psychiatrist who is able to diagnose her and support her, walking the line, I'm assuming, of borderline personality disorder. Um, Anna is is a very deep, uh, deeply personal story to the writer and it explores the highs, lows, and heartache absurdity of Borderline. I'm very well, I'm, curious about yeah, that. As a it. person that got bailed out of jail from her father as well, I would like yeah. to know more. <laughs> <laughs> but this is just fascinating. And um, 
any kind anytime I can see Michaela Diamond, who is an absolute star. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So that actually leads me to my recommendation. So Michaela Diamond and her boyfriend Nathan Salstone um have jointly released a record called The Two of Us. It came out last Friday. Our friend Robbie Rizal did the cover, but the the mix in the album, Nathan is such a sweetheart. I got to know him like last year and Michaela's voice is so spectacular. I love them as a duo, as a pair, as partners, but the record's great and I just, that's my recommendation is like if you love hearing Broadway people like do a thing that is adjacent, like is their own singer-songwriter <laughs> passion and yeah. it's good, you know I do. It. You know I do. I know you do. And on that note, thank you so much for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And don't forget about our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash broadwayradio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at It's Grace Aki. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, This Is Ashley. Thank you guys so much. We are burnt out, and we will see you tomorrow. True, true.